Hello and welcome back to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akonile and I am your sex therapist, your sexual healer. I am everything you need me to be to experience sexual wellness. And we're beginning a new series titled Need Meeting Addictions. I told you last month when we were dealing with sexual myth and errors that we were going to talk about addictions this month. And we're going to talk about addictions with knowledge because a lot of times when we see addicts or when we hear addictions, what we think about are foolish people, people who are not wise, people who take wrong decisions. But the question is, how did the addictions form? People don't just say, oh, I'm going to be a drug addict and spend all my money taking drugs and end up in a rehab or leave my kids or be addicted to anything. People don't plan to be. People don't wake up and say, oh, I'm going to become addicted. So why are there so many people who are addicted? What is addiction in the first place? And so this month, we're just going to be paying attention to addiction and understand what needs addiction meets. And so I'm beginning the topic today titled, You Have Needs. That's the first topic in this series. You have needs. So four topics in this month. Today is you have needs. And when I say you have needs, what do I mean? As human beings, we have needs for physiological things. We have psychological needs. We have all manners of needs, right? And so let's start from the Abraham Maslow's um, theory of human motivation. I'm sure you've seen that before. If you studied education in school, social works, um, psychology, any course that has to do with the social sciences, you must have come across the Abraham Maslow's theory of human motivation. And a lot of motivational speakers have used this when they're inspiring people to do stuff. You hear things like, oh, you need to plan for self-fulfillment and self-actualization. Well, that's at the top of the pyramid. Let's go back to the beginning of the pyramid. The pyramid begins, so there is a triangle, there is a pyramid um, design and um, at the base of it is physiological needs. That's the first layer, physiological needs. Physiological needs are needs that your body needs to survive. Physiological things are things your body needs and requires to survive. We have air is one of them and if you stay in an environment where the air is polluted consistently, we all know you're not going to be able to breathe. People are going to die of literally People die from bad breath. People die from bad air. People die from not being able to take as much oxygen as their body needs. For example, we've heard of asthma patients dying and they had their inhaler in their hands. It's just that they didn't have enough air in their system to even have the energy to press this inhaler that they're holding, right? And so air is a physiological need. Then we have water, we have food, we have warmth. If you don't eat for a couple of days and you get into a couple of weeks, your body is going to begin to feel it you're going to become slimmer then you're going to become really thin your body's not going to be able to produce as much as it used to produce you don't have enough energy you don't have enough sustenance same thing goes to water right so what your body needs water your body needs fluid we talk about warmth i can't imagine people in winter every time it rains i walk around my window but i like to play in the rain a bit but every time it rains, I go around my window or I'm outside in the rain. Maybe I'm playing or I'm just picking up something. I would always tell myself that someone is sleeping outside in this rain. And guys, it is disturbing. It literally takes the joy out of the rain. 
from me sometimes. The thought that someone is going to sleep outside today, someone is going to sleep outside in this winter, someone is going to sleep outside in this hamatan, somebody is going to sleep outside in this heat, someone is going to sleep outside in this cold, in this rain. That body heat that they lack, that's a physiological need they are lacking. That's why people need roofs over their head for warmth, then rest. And this one is very tricky because people think rest is what you do when you've succeeded. Rest is what you do in order to be alive to succeed, guys. Rest is not what you do when you succeeded. Rest is what you do in order to be alive to succeed in the first place. Because if you don't rest enough over a period of time, you're going to start being really agitated because you're not rested right? Your memory is going to become foggy. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be anxious. You're going to, you're going to easily snap. You won't be as coordinated. And so even the projects that you are under pressure to finish, you might end up messing them up. And I know this one firsthand because there was a period I just kept feeling, let's not say there was a period. It was just last year. Let me be humble and say it right now. It was last year and I was feeling like, oh yeah, my leave is in November. So I'm just going to push myself. I'm just really going to push myself. Mind you, I was already fatigued in February because um my leave the following the previous year can't even remember, I, I did take the leave but i took on more responsibility than usual and so when i was supposed to go on my one week leave in february the one week leave ended up being intense work like more intense work than what i traveled away from right and so i resumed back february ending and i'm firing through march april may june and i could feel the fatigue getting to me i was like yeah i'll just make it through july august september october aren't i a wonderful person except i ended up having a mental breakdown in july july 17th to be particular i was in a conference can imagine how embarrassing it would have been i was in the middle of a conference and tears just started running down my eyes for absolutely no reason tears just started running down guys it was it was funny it was a good thing i was in a counselor's conference and so there was a lot of emotional support counselors like me would understand what mental fatigue was i was just grateful i was not in a teaching program i was not a coach somewhere and yeah, i'm sure because the environment was loving it was easy for me to open up as well but the tears just kept streaming down. Before I knew it, I started running temperature. I was hot. Um, then I took an excuse that, oh, I'm just going to go and sleep. By the time I wake up, I was limping. The, the, I went from zero to hundred in how many hours? Rest is a physiological need. Don't assume that, oh, okay, I can do whatever I want to my body. I'm going to be able to fix it now. According to Abraham Maslow's theory of human motivation, these are basic needs. The second thing that qualifies as a basic need, which is the second level of the pyramid, is safety, security. Security, if there is no security in the community you're living in, you're not at peace. You can't be at peace. And if you're not at peace, you are anxious. If you're anxious, you're going to take silly decisions or you're even going to mess things up that you wouldn't have messed up on a normal day. You're not going to be level-headed to take quality decisions with your life, right? Meaning you could take more destructive decisions. And so security... A lot of times, I watch a lot of movies set in um, America and um, in a lot of black communities. And I'm looking at the scenarios with gunshots and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, how are these children supposed to even learn in school? 
how are they supposed to be kids when someone is going to die on their way to school they're going to hear someone died when they get back or they're going to hear that their mom's friend had to be taken to the rehab or that they themselves have to be taken by social services because their mom or their dad is not um, very psychologically balanced how are these kids supposed to be safe and be kids they won't be kids and so because they're trying to secure themselves and save themselves they are going to become adults too soon and one of the ways they're going to do that is that they are going to want to be able to protect themselves and so if guns are available in their jurisdiction in their neighborhood and guns are how people protect themselves they want to have guns too so that they can shoot in the case of an emergency can you see that by simply being in an unsafe environment this person goes from being a child to literally becoming a security threat in how many hours like it just happens it's a need it's a basic need the need for safety that's why your kids cannot feel unsafe around you if your parents and your kids are afraid of you you have a major major problem at hand then we go to the third layer of this which is belonging i'm taking my time on this particular episode because this is the basis on which we'll build everything on addiction this particular episode will show you places you've had needs that you've not paid attention to the third thing on the layer is belonging and love and this is where many of us tend to act like oh i don't need it but you don't need it it's a psychological need now we've gone from basic to psychological need belonging and love is a psychological thing every animal species that has community that lives in community you will find that they themselves also have belonging and love as a core thing that's why certain animals do not misbehave not because they can't misbehave but they want to belong to their community that's why they fight to prove that they are worthy that they are strong enough we have male animals fight themselves to prove to the female animals that oh i can protect you i can offer you safety i can guarantee that there will be food and water and warmth for the kids and the offsprings reproducing i can guarantee that we will belong to a community i can earn us a spot in the community while you're birthing the offspring that we're producing belonging and love is a real thing we're talking about about romantic relationships family relationships friends these are all relationships that make us feel like we belong and then we move on to esteem this is where we want to be significant so yes while animals are fighting themselves to prove that oh okay i'm strong enough to belong to this community they also fight to prove that oh i can head this community i can be a significant person in this community this is where you have sense of achievement this is what motivates us to go to school and get good grades i want to graduate with a first class i want to have money and it's all esteem it's esteem it's esteem it's like you want to be esteemed above the other person let's be um factual a lot of times we act like oh i really don't care who's leading the room the truth is you do know who is leading the room you might not want to lead the room because you prefer to stay by yourself but even when you are quiet you want to be acknowledged that you are in the room that's esteem that's your need for esteem that's a psychological need as well and then we move on to a higher level which is usually where motivational speakers like to push us to get to but then we forget the four i had just mentioned which is self actualization this is where everyone is saying oh you need to have fulfillment right you have to be creative this is where your creative self manifests some people will tell you to live from the top of the ladder meaning chase self fulfillment if you chase self fulfillment you will get every other thing so some people have the perspective that perspective 
But Abraham Maslow believed when this hierarchy was developed, Abraham Maslow believed that in order for you to go to the next level, you needed to admit the need before it. Meaning before security is my problem, air is first my problem, food is first my problem, water is first my problem. If I don't have air, water, food, I really don't care about the security of the state. I really don't care about security in my neighborhood, right? If I'm starved and I'm constantly starved, you might as well just kill me. I really don't care anymore, right? Um, if the security in my neighborhood is not good enough, um, relationships might not be my priority. I don't want to have a kid when the neighborhood is not safe, when I cannot go out and leave my child, where my neighborhood is reading with um, criminals and rapists and stuff. I have to sort the security problem. Then talking about relationships, if I don't have solid relationships, people who watch my back, people who care about me, I really am not struggling with esteem. I really don't jump into the part where I'm looking to be significant. But sometimes that can be tricky because some other people, sometimes we all even tend to use esteem to replace belonging. We tend to try to rule the room and be the most powerful person and be the person with the most accomplishment so that we can belong. Whereas we're supposed to belong to communities, we're supposed to have the communities whether or not we have achievements. But we tend to interchange it and we say, oh, I want to have achievements so that I can belong, so I can be acknowledged. And then we move on to self-actualization. If I don't have accomplishments, right, sometimes I don't notice I'm not fulfilled. This is where we start hearing things like um, a person who is very rich or is depressed or a person who um, has everything we think they should need but they're unhappy. It's the fact that they've catered to their physiological needs, they've catered to their safety needs, they've catered to their needs to have relationships, they've catered to their psychological, um, their need for esteem. But they don't seem to feel fulfilled in themselves. If you take away the people from them, if you take away the certifications and the accomplishments away from them, they don't feel like they are their most creative. They don't feel like this is the best of themselves. That's self-actualization showing up so you have needs. Another set of needs we will want to pay attention to today again is our personality needs. That's not something a lot of people talk about. People talk about it with regards to quiet people and noisy people. But the question is, yeah, and that is even, that's not so accurate. People are not just noisy. People are not just quiet. Those things meet needs for them. So, for example, an average extrovert will tell you that they can speak to people People who are introverted are not repulsed by people, but they are drained by people. So they don't hate people, but people suck their energy. And I don't think anybody runs to where their energy gets sucked. Nobody does that. If you're an extroverted person, being around people recharges you. I don't see you running home all the time to go and stay in a quiet house, knowing fully well that when you're in a quiet house by yourself, you don't feel really recharged, right? So introverted people have the need for quiet. If you deprive them of the quiet and you deprive them of the silence and the self-time and the recharging time, what you have is a person who is constantly burned out. And this can be really frustrating for kids. If you are a quiet kid, if you're an introverted kid, or you're a parent who has a quiet child, an introverted child, and you're trying to enforce your extroversion on them, you're trying to enforce being outside and outspoken on them, you just might be frustrating the child. You might not be meeting their needs because you're trying to give them something they don't need, something they don't even want, right? So there's the need for quiet versus the need to be around people, the need to be recharged. That's how we recharge. Now, 
Another set of needs um, is the human needs, the six human needs, certainty, variety, significance. Let me go one by one. Certainty is the need to know what's going to happen. You want to know that you can avoid pain and you can receive pleasure. That's the need for certainty. I want to be sure that, oh, if I go to this place, I'm not going to get hurt. So your friend says, hey, Lisa, let's go to a party. And the next question you're asking is, who are we going with? Does the person know this? How are we going to come back? What if you're drunk? Blah, blah, blah. That's the need for certainty. The need for certainty is an assurance that you can avoid pain and gain pleasure. Because nobody runs towards pain. We all run towards pleasure. We avoid pain and we chase pleasure, right? And so the need for certainty means that I have to be sure that I will get pleasure. That's why many of us are organized. We are not organized because we like organization. We are organized because I want to be sure that the day I need something, I don't have to scatter everywhere. I want to be sure that the day I need something and then there's no light, I can find it. I want to be sure that the day I need something in a hurry, I don't have to waste more time looking for it. That's certainty at work. Then we have uncertainty and variety. The need for the unknown, the need for change, the need for new stimuli, the need for excitement. This is where you want a bit of everything. Some people have more certainty than variety. Some people have more variety than certainty. Some people have a bit of both. It's actually possible to have quite a significant amount of both. As a matter of fact, we all need all six. We need all six, as I'm going to explain them. But we have them at different levels. Right. So you might want more variety than your certainty or you might want more certainty than you want significance. Right. Variety, as the name defines to us, is that a need for difference, a need for change, a need for new things. This is where you find people who like to travel or people who do a little bit of risky things. This is where you find yourself wanting to start new projects. Like every new project that is more challenging than the last one you did is exciting. The joy of the unknown, the unknown excites you. Then you have need for significance, which is feeling unique, important, special, or needed. We find this again in the Maslow's theory of human motivation under esteem. You need to know that you are needed, that you're special. The need for love and connection, number four, which is a strong feeling of closeness or union with someone or something. You want to know that you're connected to your family members, you're connected to your friends, you're connected to your siblings. You want to know that you are strongly desired. The need for growth and expansion of capacity or capability. This is where you have the need to constantly improve, take new courses, write, blah, blah, blah. That's all under growth. You just can't sit down still at the level you are in. If you sleep and wake up, you already feel like, oh, you are outdated. That's the need for growth. Some people have higher desire for connection so much that they are so tied to connection that they will not agree to grow. So if they have to make a choice between staying with their loved ones and growing, they will pick their loved ones. Some other people have a strong desire for growth above connection. So if you have someone with a huge human need for connection, dating someone who has a huge need for growth, they might have clashes because the person who loves is always willing to sacrifice everything for love. The person who is fully driven by growth is always willing to sacrifice things for growth. So this is where we need to understand what you need so that you know why you choose what you choose. Actually, there's an assessment for this at the Lisa Express consults when we're working with couples because if you both don't know what your needs are, you're just going to keep clashing and you don't even know why you're clashing. And then finally, in the human needs, we have contribution, a sense of service. People who run NGOs, people who always feel like, I just can't have all this money sitting in my bank account 
don't. <laughs> People feel like, oh, I can't just have this many clothes or I can't just have this many. That's the need to contribute a sense of service and focusing on helping, giving and supporting other people. If you're driven by contribution and your friend asks you for money and you don't have it, you're going to be really sad. Because you feel like you can't contribute to them. You're not adding to them. You're not helping their life. That's the need for contribution. I'm mentioning all these things so that you can begin to see how your needs overlap. Because a lot of times when we think about needs, I've seen a lot of Twitter threads and a lot of Twitter polls where they ask people, what do you need? And everybody's saying money, 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 money. Yes, money is a priority need. But why do you need the money? In the teaching, money has an emotional need, if I'm not wrong. Yes, money has an emotional need. We did that topic last year. You can find it that just scroll down the podcast and you'll find money as an emotional need. We've spoken about how you need money, but money is not really what you want. Money can get you what you need. That's why you're chasing money. So you're either chasing money because money means freedom. If you have money, you can quit your nine to five, right? So you want more money or money means you can travel during your leave or money means you can send your kids to the best school and give them more safety right and give them more sense of belonging that's what money means money in itself is not a mean doesn't have a meaning money is connected to the need you want to use it to meet and then finally i'm going to go to the five love languages the words of affirmation i'm sure you've heard this one before Words of affirmation where people affirm you with their words. Your loved ones affirm you with their words. Acts of service where they do something to support what you're doing. You have receiving gifts where people give you gifts. You have quality time, right? Where people make up time to be with you. You know, these people are busy, but they make up time to be with you. And then you have finally physical touch where people touch you and it reminds you of being connected and loved and the fact that you matter to them and that they are here and that they are present in your life from all the things i've said today one thing i need you to recognize which is what today's topic is about is that you have needs whether you acknowledge them or not you have needs i've heard people say time and again about how they are so busy that they can only sleep four hours a day and i look at them and i'm intrigued by how excited they are that their bodies are starved of rest i have no other emotions than intrigue because I'm looking at the long-term implication of giving your body four hours of sleep for one year. One time, one person even said that sleeping eight hours a day means you're going to sleep one day in every three days. And I thought, okay, if you do sleep one day out of every three days, it means you have 200 and something days to be productive in a year. If you can't be productive in 200 and something days, even if we gave you the whole 365, you still wouldn't be. It's as simple as that. So the problem is not the hours you sleep. The problem is what you do with the hours when you're awake. Sleep is not the problem. People say they are so busy, they don't have time to eat. Well, do not have time to eat because you are so busy working. I hope the money you make is enough to pay your hospital bills when you're sick. Because there are certain things, certain health issues you will never have. If you eat right, you will never have them. There are certain things your body fights. The human system is a machine. It works. If you give it what it needs, it's automated. I'm a craze for automation. Automations are the reason I became good with technology. It wasn't because I like tech. I don't consider myself a tech anything. But there's hardly anything that can be automated in my business that I don't know about. Literally, there's hardly anything I can automate in my business. If I haven't automated it yet, it's either because I don't know about it yet or I can't afford it yet. 
Because I don't know why I should struggle with stuff when I can automate it. Right. If your body can self-heal, if your body can self-reproduce certain things, why deprive it of the basic resources it needs to produce that thing? Why do you want to read so hard for an exam, yet not sleep for your brain to process the information? Isn't that counterproductive? Why read for 12 hours? And not give your brain the opportunity to process that information. So you're literally going to the exam hall with unprocessed information. Meaning you, the possibility you'll forget it is pretty high. Why do that to yourself? Right? Why have a presentation that you could prepare for and you don't prepare for it on time? And then you say you can't eat. You, you didn't eat. You didn't sleep. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Now you've done the presentation and then they paid you the, the basic for you to start this project. And you broke down when you're in the hospital. Of what use? Of what use was crashing the time before the project? Before the presentation? Of what use was crashing your your timing? only for you to end up in a hospital and now you have to transfer that project to someone else or bring your sick body out of the hospital. The problem many times is that we underestimate that we have needs. We are too proud. We are too proud to acknowledge we have needs. We think acknowledging needs is a sign of weakness. Just like people say they can't cry because, you know, they are so mature, they can't cry, right? We feel like if we acknowledge that we have needs then we are stuck. No, I can acknowledge emotions without necessarily acting on them or without necessarily destroying stuff while I'm at it. I can acknowledge that I'm angry without ruining places, without ruining things. I can acknowledge it. We don't even acknowledge our needs. So you are in an abusive relationship or you are in a relationship where someone is not giving you attention and you cannot acknowledge that you are attention deprived. Guess what? You are going to fulfill that need. Whether by hook or by crook, you will fulfill the need. That need must be met. If you are starved of attention in your relationship, say in your marriage, when you've been married for five, ten years, and now you have kids and your spouse is sending all the attention to the kids and spending the remaining part of that attention on work just so that they can bring in money, and both of you are acting like, oh, food, money, and the kids are all the problems we have in life. Guess what? You both will meet your attention deficit one way or the other, whether legally or illegally. But when I say legally or illegally, I mean within the context of your relationship. If you both have said, oh, these are the parameters with which this relationship is going to work, you are possibly going to break those parameters if you don't meet the needs that form the basis of the parameters. So, for example, we say, oh, this is an exclusive relationship. We're dating, but we're exclusive. And for some reason, we're both busy meeting career goals and smashing it and making more money and getting famous. And now we go from speaking five hours a week. You both are busy professionals, so you don't have time to 40 hour weekly, right? But let's say you talk an average of an hour daily. An hour daily for one week would be seven hours, right? Um, that is the barest minimum, I think, that you should go. That's that's low, but I mean, if it works for you, fine. So you go from speaking seven hours a week to speaking two hours a week. Two hours a week, you speak to someone for eight hours. That's the person you're dating. That's the person you're dating. Eight hours a month, rather. Two hours a week, eight hours a month. Okay, if you're lucky, the week, the month has five weeks, five incomplete weeks, right? Um, give and take. You say you spoke for, you spoke for ten hours in a whole month. You will meet that need elsewhere. 
you will meet the need for attention elsewhere. You will meet the need for affirmation elsewhere. You will meet the need. You will meet it. Every need you have. Whether it's the need of certainty to say, oh, we are still in this relationship. We are actively in this relationship. Or the need for adventure. Someone you want to share fun with. You will meet that need. Or the need to feel like you're the most significant person in your life. Or the need to feel connected to them. To feel like you're growing with them. You will meet the need one way or the other. And in order for you to meet the need, you must first acknowledge that you have needs. So this is my question for you today. What needs are in your life right now? What needs do you have? Specifically, what needs do you have that are not met? I'm beginning to run into it too already, met and star needs. All right, so I will see you next week when I start talking about met and starved needs. Because it's important that you meet your needs. All right. I will see you next week. Bye.